You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. This evening we have Mr. Austin Lee. He is a second time kidney transplant recipient for Maryland and representative for the American Association of Kidney Patients. Hi, Austin. Hi, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm awesome. doing well. How are you? Doing good. Thank you. I'm excited good. to be on the show. I'm excited to have story. you. You're our first kidney transplant recipient. So uh, tell us who you are and where you were born. Yes. Um, and tell us some of your story. Uh, certainly. So my name is Austin Lee. I was born in Frankfurt, Germany, a uh, military baby and but my dad was in the Air Force, and before I was born, um, they knew I would have like kidney complications. So mm-hmm. both of before I was born, how I did was, they know that? Um, well, they they did a couple of tests, and it was it's a long word. It's called posterior urethral valves, and that's when urine backs into your ureters, and you're not able to get rid of like like toxins from your blood, fluids from oh. your blood that a normal transplanted kidney is able to do. So when I was born, they took both of my native kidneys out, and so I had to I had to have both of my native kid both of my native kidneys out until about four years old. So from birth to four, uh-huh. I went on uh, kidney dialysis, which pretty much wow. dialysis works as as a transplanted kidney. It uh-huh. works to re- to remove toxins and blood, and to um basically to to help. It's it's like a, a a lifeline that works as a kidney to to keep you going, but you want to eventually get a kidney transplant to help you. Which a kidney transplant is not an actual cure, but it it helps you sustain a normal, healthy life and allows me to to give back and to continue to do what I'm doing right now. I see. So, okay, you just said a lot. Yes. So dialysis. Um, so the doctors knew before you were born that you would have kidney problems, kidney yes. failure. Yes. Okay. And they knew that because of like those exams that they do exactly. with the pregnant women. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then, right so dialysis, like you, so you had to go back and forth to the hospital as yes. a child? Well, actually I did, I did my dialysis at home. Okay. I with, have, okay. Yeah, I did my dialysis at home from, from birth to four years old. And that dialysis was called peritoneal dialysis. Okay. And that's where you have a catheter that's placed into your abdomen and the like basically it, it runs cycles so it runs mm-hmm. it, it puts in a solution into your body it cleans your cleans your blood it dwells overnight and you and, and basically you can do it while you're sleeping and I, I did see. that as a as a child until until about four years old and that's when my mom donated her kidney transplant to me wow so mm-hmm. she, they had to wait she had to wait till you grew like yes. your body grew before and, and actually like um there were there were some doctors I won't like like name where it was from but there was some some doctors that didn't really give me much of a chance to live when I was born oh they thought you, know? you would die yeah because wow. I was the young I, did, I actually didn't walk till like almost like two and a half wow. years old and um yeah I, I'm the youngest of five kids and so pretty much they were saying you know maybe you should have an abortion if he's born oh he'll have a lot of 
problems, you know, mm-hmm. functioning in, in society. But, you know, God had other plans. Right. And, and I'm here, here right now. Are. I'm blessed. Yes. I know mm-hmm. that's right. And how old are you, Austin? I'm 30. I, and I just turned 30. And oh, right. <laughs> we, guys, we have the same birthday. The same birthday. We were born February 17th. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. A special date. It's a, special a very date. special date. Yes. It is a very mm-hmm. special. You know, Michael Jordan also has our birthday. Michael too. Jordan, he does. Yeah. Yes. Aquarius. <laughs> we're uh-huh. all stars, man. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad your mother did not get an abortion. Exactly. And I, I assume that they are people of faith. Exactly. Um, so tell us more. Um, so the doctors really didn't think you would really have a chance. Um, is there a history of kidney you know, issues it, in your family or was it just a kind of odd mm-hmm. standalone? Now, in my family, like um, I like to say now, I, I believe that I'm special because I was I'm pretty much the only one that was diagnosed with any type of kidney disease. I see. Because. There is diabetes that runs on my my grandmother's side, Mm -hmm. but me, I didn't have any problems with diabetes. I don't have any allergies. The only only complications was my kidneys, and that that was it. And Mm -hmm. you know, I'm blessed for that. And actually, when um as a kid, I used to be I used to be really short as a kid, but you know, with my father, my father is tall, my brothers is tall, everybody in my family they're like normal average height. So I ended up you know blossoming into a, a normal average height. I'm not like the tallest person, but I I did. You know, kidney disease can stunt your growth. It can mess with like I your see. your bones. But it didn't. It didn't no, do any of that to you. No, and I and I'm I'm blessed, and that I always make sure to like you know take care of myself and drink plenty of water and mm-hmm. to you know make sure my blood pressure is in the in the normal ranges because I do want to say for African Americans and in the D.C. area we are number one as far as kidney disease and blood pressure is it's part of like a number one killer for us yeah Yeah. definitely Mm -hmm. and high blood pressure is a it's a reflection of other issues (laughs) right i think it has a lot to do probably how we eat and uh, how a lot of us eat and grew up eating and all that so that's a whole nother thing right and the thing is like you know like with, with when i got my second kidney transplant like um I didn't immediately just, like, start, like, trying to, you know, I, I I did know that I had to eat and live normal and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wasn't, like, strict to myself saying, like, oh, I can only have this and this. I still, like, live my life and, mm-hmm. and things like that because you want to go out and you want to you wanna have fun. But that at the same time, you want to know that you're advocating for other patients that are in the hospital. And that's how I like to think of myself as as a voice for the patients in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I want to back up a little bit. So you said your mother yes. gave you one of her kidneys when you were four years old? Yes, when I was four years okay, old. Okay, did you yeah. understand that at the time? Do you know... Did she I, tell you or no? Oh, why she didn't even tell you? <laughs> yeah, she probably did. I just don't remember. Okay, I just don't remember. Okay. Yeah, she probably did tell me that she was giving it to me, but it was I was four years old. I have like pictures and stuff from mm-hmm. when I was little in Children's Hospital. And and by the way, both of my transplanted kidneys came from Children's Hospital. They they performed oh, both wow. procedures. So um, and actually, my mom was at Washington Hospital Center, and I was at Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. and so they took her kidney. And there's like a, a pathway underneath from Washington Hospital it? to Children's, wow. and they, they brought it from her to me at Children's. And we have like there's a there's an old VHS that my dad recorded, and 
you know, shout out to my dad because he got all of the footage back in the day. That's amazing. And um, he, you know, he was able to get that from from bringing the kidney in the box over to mm-hmm. me at Children's. And that first transplanted kidney lasted 14 years. That's what I was going to ask you. Wow, yeah. it lasted, lasted yeah. a long time. 14 years. Did, and Do you know of, why it failed? Yeah, I, I, well, I would say I think I might know some reasons that it might have failed. Because I want to say going from elementary school, middle school, high school, like I, I've like been honest with myself that I didn't really take like the immunos- immunosuppressant drugs like I should. Okay. And people who have had kidney transplants, liver transplants, any type of organ transplant, they would know exactly what, what I'm talking, talking about, about. As, as far as like, you know, you have like your prograph, you have like your prednisone, you have mm-hmm. like your myfortic, all of those things keep your transplanted organ from rejecting. I and see. when I was in, when I was about 16, 17 in high school, like, you know, being young, thinking I could do whatever, I I stopped taking them. I would I would probably take it here and there, and mm-hmm. not knowing that that might have been a result of why my kidney had failed, which it it could have played a role in a position of why my my kidney had failed. Mm-hmm. So now, with me being thirty years old, I know that I have to take those medicines <laughs> every day. Yes, that's or important. Or either take those. Or go on dialysis. Yeah. And, and, that's, and I don't want to go back to that. don't want that. No. no. How did that, after the failure, what happened? Like, well, did you just drop out, pass out or something? Like, how, how did that whole thing happen? And then what was the time frame between between the, you know, the kidney being rejected, your body mm-hmm. rejecting it or it failing to you getting a second transplant? How mm-hmm. did that so, happen? So the, the whole time frame, it started... And I want to say um, late 2006, I was in my senior year in high school, and um, it went to about 2010. So late 2006, I can remember like uh, two weeks before I actually went to the hospital to get checked. Like I was in Florida, mm-hmm. and I just was like sleeping every day because I have like um, – aunts uncles and my grandmother's from florida mm-hmm. and we were down in florida and we we had a trip and i was just i was just sleeping every day and usually i like to you know go down to florida go to the beach and have fun but i just i just wasn't mm-hmm. feeling myself i was just like extra tired and when i got back home i could remember staying home from school and i still remember because that this that day like really changed my life um staying home from school and then I had called my mom to come home and I had called my mom and told her to to come and get me to take me to the hospital mm-hmm. so I had to go to the hospital on Andrews Air Force Base okay and, you um, I mean how you just knew something was yeah, wrong because okay. I was I was walking I was walking up and down the stairs and you were and getting like, tired or something yeah and my legs were just like Oh, we're gonna give out, and I, I just was just I, I felt dizzy. Like I felt, oh yeah, yeah, so you knew something was wrong. Yeah, I f- okay, I felt I felt really dizzy, and um, that's when I told my mom to take me to the ER. So I go to the ER, and they run a bunch of labs, and I can remember that the nurse came back and she says, "Um, you're going into." kidney failure like mm. kidney rejection because there's there's a level called creatinine that okay. should stay between about 0.8 and, and like 1.1 1.2 and mine's was 17 
Okay. Which is that's not good. No, it's like skyrocketed. And had I not gone to the emergency room, I don't know. I could have passed out. I could have passed away. But you know, mm-hmm. God willing, I'm 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 here today to, yeah. to to share my story. And so I end up receiving that news. It was it was such an emergency that my doctor from Children's wanted me to get on a helicopter and fly and and fly. And, you know, I'm at Andrews Air Force Base, so I'm right next, you know, to D.C. But she gotcha. wanted me to get on a helicopter and come to Children's. Okay. And so I got on a helicopter and went to Children's. And that's when they did even more tests. Like, my potassium was up. Like, my oh. heart rate was up. Wow. And she came back and she, my, my time staying there in the hospital, because everything was happening so fast. I was just like. You know, I'm I'm 17, 18 years old, and everything is just like, wow, like what's what's going on right now? You know, I can't. I, I'm thinking that I'm gonna recover from this, but I didn't really, you know, think that like my actual kidney that I had, because I thought that that kidney would last forever. I and see. you know, unfortunately, they came back and they said we did everything we can to bring it back. And then I just remember waking up one day at Children's Hospital. Six o'clock in the morning, and they came and got me in the wheelchair, and we went straight to dialysis. Okay. And when I went into that, no, they came and told me that I was going to dialysis. Now, like, I knew what was dialysis. Like, I had some knowledge on it before, you know, but I really didn't pay you too much. You couldn't have remembered. You no. didn't really know what it was because you no. hadn't had it since four years old, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I – and when they when – they, Wilt me into dialysis at six o'clock in the morning. Like I was upset. Like I was just upset with everybody. Like mm. I didn't want to talk to the nurses. I, I I can I can remember that there were some of the other patients because there were like younger kids in there. Then there were like some some kids in there that were like my age that I know now that have gotten transplants. And at the time, like I just wasn't talking to them at that time because I was just like my mind was just like what's going on, mm. like. I'm about to graduate high school. This just happens out of nowhere. And so I end up going on hemodialysis. Now, the first time I told you it was peritoneal. Peritoneal is the one that you can do at home and you can uh-huh. travel with. You can travel with hemo too, but for the most part, it's, it's done three times a week at the hospital. So I did hemodialysis where they had to put an emergency catheter in my neck. And so I had an emergency catheter in my neck where, you know, they they ran um, blood through, cleaned out my blood. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, I was I was telling my mom, I was like, I'm feeling better, not knowing that it was only because of the dialysis, not right. because I had gotten a kidney transplant. Uh. So, yeah. And um, basically from there, I did hemo for about a month. And then I would come back to the hospital and... It was making it was actually making me feel worse at, over time because it made my blood pressure go to like the two hundreds and I really? just felt out of it. Mm. And so they the doctors we kinda all came to the conclusion and, and actually my, my older brother kinda helped me with the decision to, to go on perit- go back on peritoneal dialysis because I did that as a kid. And I was in school at the time. And um, also trying to work at the time and and still trying to travel. So I made the decision to just go back on peritoneal dialysis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I got the catheter put back in and 
like I will say that it was painful, really painful, like the second time around, because I can remember when they came Mm -hmm. and they like drained out my tube for the first time and all the fluids started coming back out and everything because I hadn't done peritoneal since I was like one years old Mm -hmm. to four years old. So then I got, you know, eventually I got used to it and I stayed on peritoneal for three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I would do it every single night. I traveled. I I went to California. I went to um, I went to Florida. I went to Alabama. And which? Wh- why were you traveling? Out? Were you in sports? Or no, you... actually, I went. This this is a uh, this is a, a nice story. So I missed my high school prom, mm-hmm. but I went to a prom in California for kidney patients. And this okay. is Re- Reno Support Network, uh-huh. which was started by Lori Hartwell okay. in California. Okay. And and it's for ages 14 to 24 mm-hmm. and or 12 to 24, but it falls in between those ages. And, and it's All at the same prom? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and it's for, and she, my first one that I went to, she covered like my airfare going down there. Mm-hmm. So that was special. Nice. That was I really bet. special. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was really special because I, you know, I mean, like I, I, I think about you know my high school prom and stuff like that, and like oh, I wish I could have went. But then I've had so many other great things, you know, that yeah. God has blessed me. So many me other with. amazing experiences. So, yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, um, so how did you how did you learn about the other? the other kidney like were you were you did you have to be on dialysis i mean did you have to do the at home dialysis because you were because there was no kidney available or were they trying to like i mm-hmm. you know like can you explain that part? oh good question mm-hmm. um so basically i got listed at, at children's when i was able to get listed i okay. couldn't i couldn't get listed immediately because when you go into kidney rejection you build up this thing called antibodies which okay. which like if say you tried to get a transplanted organ it wouldn't accept because you have antibodies that are, that are trying to like destroy like that that organ so mm-hmm. while you know while I was waiting to get put on the list I had to actually I had to actually go into the hospital to do it's called IVIG where they took where they take my blood and they kind of bring down the antibodies and once the antibodies were gone then I got listed so I got listed at Children's Hospital and at Johns Hopkins. Okay, mm-hmm. I got you. Yep. And then you finally got the call. So I got the call. I got the. I got one call. It was. Um. I got one call. There was going to be a lady who was going to be a deceased donor, but then they called me back in the morning, and it didn't work out because it did, it wasn't all the way a match. Mm-hmm. And six months later, um, in Alabama. And I'm coming back through the airport because I had to when I travel with dialysis, I had to take this machine with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, security nowadays in the airport. So I'm trying to take the machine through the through the airport. And and everybody's like looking around, looking at it and stuff like that. And and you can't check that in. No. Well, you probably can. I don't know. I just didn't. Uh But um, so I was telling my mom, I said, I hope this is the last time I have to Mm. travel with this machine. And it was the last time I had to travel That's with that machine. Awesome. So I get back home. Mind you, like my transplant my transplant coordinator, she already knew that there was a matching kidney that was called in for me. She just didn't want to call me while I was out of town. Because, okay. you know, just to kind of like 
get me hyped up and stuff. So that was nice. They waited for me to get back. So I get back, and there's a voicemail, and I'm thinking that, you know, oh, it's just, like, some labs and stuff mm-hmm. and children. So I call her, and she says, oh, I have some special news. And when I heard that, you knew. I was just like, wait a second. Let me, <laughs> let me put my mom on, on three-way. And so I put her on three-way, and she told me, Yo, you, we have a matching kidney for a paired exchange program. And what that is is when they take different kidneys from – the United States, and that was part of the first paired exchange program. Okay. For, for it was a fourteen-way paired exchange program, mm-hmm. and my transplant was like I said, it was done at Children's by Dr. Keith Melanson. He's at George Washington now. Okay, he was at he was at Georgetown at the time, but he came to Children's and he performed my my second kidney wow. transplant. And I and my my donor's name is Miss Stella Christian. Mm-hmm. And and she, they told you they told you her name. Right? Yes, yes, and yes. um, so she. She wanted to donate to somebody in her church. I see. She didn't match that guy. And okay. I got wow, put into that, that pool and matched with her. Wow. Yeah, and and I was I was the youngest of fourteen people who received a kidney transplant from that pool and mm-hmm. I'm 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 actually like very blessed to be doing what I'm doing because you know, I, w- I would like to meet other people who because I'm pretty sure there's other people out there whose kidneys are are still working, still functioning. Uh-huh. that were from that same pool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I ended up getting that, getting the call for that, and it was like a two-week wait where they said I had to get ready for surgery. Like, And when you're getting ready for a kidney transplant, like, you can't, like, get sick at all. Like, oh, wow. you can't have anything wrong, like a headache, a stomach flu, a cough, because anything can, can, can cause it to reject. I so, see. I want to say... Um, on the last night of my dialysis, I took I was taking pictures like mm-hmm. this is the last night doing dialysis and everything. And then the next day, I received the, the kidney transplant, which was June eighth, two thousand and ten. Okay, which is almost nine years ago, and um, it's been like I said, almost nine years. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest recovery. There were times mm-hmm. where I was like depressed because of like that's just how the medications make you feel I see. and you and a lot of people there are they can be afraid to get a transplanted organ because you know uh, they're afraid of how it how it might make them feel it's, it's not gonna be easy in the long run but mm. over time there is light at the end of that tunnel that mm. you know that you will have, you will be able to live life better than you did before. You you won't have as many restrictions. You can go out and touch other people's lives because of this transplanted mm-hmm. organ, which is what I feel like I'm doing today. Yeah, right. And um, and definitely tell us about that. Yes. Tell us. So you're an advocate, and yes. you tell your story. So so yes. what is it that you do now? Yes. Right now, well, I'm, I'm actually a patient care volunteer at Children's National Medical Center. Okay. And um, I go there. And I play with the the patients. I hold babies in the NICU and the ICU, mm-hmm. and you know, just give parents a break. And sometimes, you know, I like to to go in there and kind of kind of talk to the parents and kind of tell them what I've been through, which mm-hmm. kind of helps them, you know, which kind of helps ease the the child too, because they're like, oh, you've been through this too. And so I get to go in there and you know, play Uno cards, color, oh, cool. do board games, and these are all. 
kids and children who um, are either they're going through dialysis or well some some of them on on the the heart and kidney unit at children's Mm -hmm. hospital but not all you you touch other kids too wow that's amazing I love I love hearing the story of 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 all patients no matter what they're going through and I'm also an advocate for um, American Association of Kidney Patients Mm -hmm. which um, basically they're a voice for the patient, which we do a lot of advocacy on Capitol Hill. Wow. And right now we're we're trying to focus on, you know, having coverage for living donors. So, you know, when as a, as a living donor, when you want to donate a kidney, it's considered an elective right now. So a lot of jobs won't, you know, pay you back for like your time off of work. So basically we're trying to get Congress uh. to help cover living donors nice you know so so they can have that that protection just like you know how transplanted patients have protection Mm -hmm. through medicare and unfortunately i mean unfortunately medicare doesn't cover past three years which is another thing you know as far as like me um working with aakp and american kidney fund that I'm trying to advocate for for a lot of kidney patients to to have coverage extended because you know being on dialysis and then getting a kidney transplant, you know, you may your recovery may go past three years, you know, like you like you're just like recovering and not everyone is able to be blessed enough to go out and have a, a, a good paying job with benefits and mm-hmm. health insurance. Mm-hmm. So I see. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Wow. Yes. Yes. And um, I just want to say, like, I, I've been I've been blessed to receive uh numerous accolades from Children's Hospital 2014. I had received uh, their Volunteer of the Year Award. Nice. Um, Washington Regional Transplant Community, uh, which is in Virginia. I received their 2017 Volunteer of the Year Award. Nice. I've also received um, NBC4. Uh, I received their Working for You in a Community Black oh, History wow. Month Award Look back in 2017. You. So in this, and and I just love. And I'm 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 a part of various groups. Like there's a transplant support group at Georgetown that mm-hmm. I, I usually go to sometimes, and it's it's every third Wednesday of the month. Mm-hmm. And um, I go I go there, and I like to hear stories. Sometimes I just like to if if ever I hear that you know, I. If ever I hear that um, a patient has gotten a, a transplant, I just like to go and lift them up and mm-hmm. take the materials from from Donate Life and just hear their story and sit down and just hear like their causes and and what they want to do to to make their health better and make their life better. That's so amazing, mm-hmm. Austin. I think it's so great. Not only um, do you have a powerful testimony, but mm-hmm. I love that you're constantly giving back and. Um, you know, easing parents' minds and children and youth their minds and, you know, just being a support system for them and volunteering across yes. many organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're excited. You know, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you're you. on this side. You're the land of the living Thank and you. making a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I know this is only the beginning for you and there's going to be a lot more success to come and a lot of other stories. You may even start your own foundation. Yes. Yes, um, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. So mm-hmm. uh, is there anything that you would say, um, just a nugget of wisdom or piece of advice to mm-hmm. anyone who's going through like a health crisis or uh, or they're they're, you know, worried about their 
their health? I would say think about when you were diagnosed and you take a pen and you write that date down and you begin to start your story and that's how you can share your testimony because you're basically you're you're writing a story for your own self that can help somebody else with that same problem. Oh my goodness, I mm-hmm. love it, Austin. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank it's you. Very, very inspiring. I appreciate it. Is it is so inspiring. Thank you so much. <laughs> Definitely, we'll have to mm-hmm. bring you back. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I would love to come back. Thank Definitely. Uh huh. <laughs> You're listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace.